seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Oh, yeah. What's up? Welcome in on a Tuesday here to the show. Live in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. All across the great state of Mississippi. Available to you in all 82 counties. What is Farm Bureau Insurance? Well, it's a lot of things, but uh, I'll sum one thing up. Your hometown hero. Somebody right there with you. In your hometown, where if you need to call on insurance, whether it's a question, save some money, or making a claim, home, life, auto, your insurance agent is right there in town with you, right in the same county, same community as you. That's your hometown hero, local Farm Bureau insurance agents. We also stay connected to you here, not only during show hours, while the show's going on, but also... Around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired at C Spire. So welcome in on this Tuesday. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show today, as usual. Uh, today's no different. Hello to everybody watching on the Facebook live stream. Looks like Sharon, the first to say hello. How do you, Sharon? Thanks for tuning in. If you're on uh, Periscope, if you're on Facebook, however you're watching, tuning in, feel free to comment, question. I'll see them all right here in one uh, convenient place. And then also, y'all hit me up on the uh, Country Please and text line. It is 885-ESPN. That's how you can text the show, 885-ESPN. You text away, and uh, I'll see it. It just might get read on the air. It's 885-3776 if you need the numbers there. 885-3776. And call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Norman over here, Coffee Norman on Facebook, sends me a little coffee emoji. Yep, uh, I got hot coffee in this mug right here from High Point Roasters in New Albany. <sighs> It's like a coffee commercial, isn't it? Somebody drinking, slurping coffee, and then going, ah. <laughs> it's great radio. Steve on Facebook says, hi, from Dothan, Alabama. And hello to Keith, giving me a thumbs up over here on the Periscope feed. If you're interested in those and you want to see them, you haven't already, you're listening on the radio, you think you might check out the stream someday or the replay of it, you can catch it, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. And then uh, over here on Twitter, I'm... Radio Wyatt. Let's say hello to Beaver. Beaver, hey. <laughs> hey, Matt Wyatt. <laughs> big Seinfeld fan, are you? You big Seinfeld yes. fan? Yes. It's my number one show of all time. Well, here you go. 
the number one show of all time, according to Beaver. In 10 years, we're going to look up. There's going to be like this huge national hit sitcom. It's going to be called Life According to Beaver. That's what it'll be. I don't know that Beaver will star in it, but it'll be about him and he'll have written it. He'll be like the smart people in Hollywood that they make all the money and you never see them on TV. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what it'll be. Life According to Beaver. But it'll all be inspired by his favorite show, Seinfeld. Um, why is it your favorite show of all time? I mean, every one is just a classic. Costanza, Kramer, yeah, obviously classics. Just the Larry David was an amazing writer. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So curb your enthusiasm. You all into that too? You know what's funny is well, the reason I never watched it is I. Did not have HBO during the show's run. I think it's back now, actually. But anyway, the point is, I I never had HBO, so I've never been able to watch it. Yeah. You know, and I said, I've never watched a single solitary episode of that on television, but I've caught YouTube clips, you know, the show. And it is funny. It's like Seinfeld with profanity is kind of, you know, one way to uh, <laughs> to describe it. Uh, the reason I bring up Seinfeld, I think y'all probably saw this overnight. It's sad. All right. So he, he's known for a lot of different things, but obviously on Seinfeld too, Jerry Stiller. Okay. Ben Stiller's dad, Jerry Stiller, who played Frank Costanza on the show Seinfeld. He was George Costanza's dad. Jerry Stiller passed away yesterday. He was 92 years old, born in Brooklyn in 1927. Um, so he would have been a young adult living through World War II. Born in New York in Brooklyn in 27, died yesterday on the Upper West Side of New York, 92 years old. He was 5 feet 5 inches, a little bitty guy. But he was big in the comedy world, and obviously he was on the show also, uh, King of Queens, um, played the, you know, the dad on that show, kind of lived in the basement. Hilarious. The guy's absolutely hilarious. And Beaver, help me out with this real quick. His character, Frank Costanza, on Seinfeld, was it, was it was interesting in that the show was about these three main characters. Obviously, Jerry, George, Elaine. Well, really four with Kramer. But Frank Costanza became as big as any of them, even though his appearances were much fewer, I'd say, throughout the life of the show. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, because, I mean, every time he was on, he had some sort of, outburst that was hilarious and everybody quotes it that's the thing about it you know seinfeld this quote-unquote show about nothing there are a lot of things that are quoted and there but but you're right every time jerry stiller as frank costanza had an outburst about something it became a cult classic it became something that we all quoted so first up just to get this in You've heard it on the show before. Roger used to hit this button all the time. Was when Frank Costanza had Festivus. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. <laughs> I mean, the Festivus deal. Some of, let's see, there were a few others people posted. The time that, that uh, Frank Costanza yelled 
at Yankees owner George Steinbrenner on the what show. What the hell did you trade Jay Buhner for? <laughs> he had 30 home runs over 100 RBIs last year. He's got a rocket for an arm. You don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes off on uh, Steinbrenner. You know, one of my favorite that never I have never heard it mentioned by another person. It's it's also in the Festivus episode. Because if you remember, George brought his boss. He was working for Kruger, Kruger Smoothing. Uh-huh. And he brought his boss to the table, Festivus. And Frank looked at him and he goes, well, I was thinking it was during the Aaron of Grievances. He goes, Kruger, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet. You had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Yes, now I remember that. I'm picturing it in my head. That's right. Because George brought his boss, who was sitting at the table when they did the Festivus thing at the house, right? And and Kramer is sitting next to Frank Costanza, who says, okay, now it's time for the feats of strength. Okay, so they did the airing of the grievances. Now it's time for the feats of strength. And so Kramer goes, yeah, I'm sorry, Frank, but... I just forgot I, I'm supposed to work a double shift down at H&H. I got to go. And they're like, well, who's going to do feats of strength? And George Costanza's going, oh, no, no, please let this end. Please let it end. And and sure enough, and then his boss, sitting at the table, pulls out a flask, opens it up, and just as he takes a sip, just says out loud, why not George? <laughs> and immediately, Frank says, good thinking. George, what is it says, and until you pin me, he starts taking his shirt off. Like they're going to wrestle. Until you pin me, Festivus is not over. And I think the show may have ended that way, right? Yeah, and then it pans out, and you <laughs> see the outside of the house, and you hear, be a man and fight your father. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Be a man and fight your father. That was a classic. So uh, Jerry Stiller, who played that great character on Seinfeld. They had a lot of Yankees references in there because, you know, George, the character George Costanza worked for the Yankees. You remember the time where Frank tells him to be be nice? Don't get in trouble with the Yankees. You'll be nice. (laughs) I'm not going to be nice. That's how I got the job. (laughs) You be nice to the Yankees. That's a great scene. The Yankees are coming back in July. You know that? Do you all know you're going to be watching the Yankees? And everybody else play baseball in July? It's May the 12th. Is that some big revelation? Is that news to you? (laughs) See, we just talk about Seinfeld and listen to Frank, and all of a sudden I start talking about it. Is that news to you? All right. I'll get to that in a second. PT for MSU on the Country Pleasing text line says, the best part about all of his characters, he went from zero to 100 in a blink He'd make a mountain out of a molehill at the drop of a hat. That's it. And it sort of appealed to everybody because Frank Costanza did, but really, you're right, Jerry Stillard, his characters did outwardly what we were all doing inwardly. (laughs) We're losing it inwardly. He just loses it outwardly. Nick on the text line says Frank also had a bit of a, Foot odor problem? Is that right? He had a foot odor problem? Hey, look, I mean, his character on King of Queens was like a, a lot like 
you know, Frank Costanza from Seinfeld. It's just as funny. It really is. Just not as popular. Reservoir Dog said, um, oh, okay, so Reservoir Dog, before we get into the baseball thing, here on the Country Pleasing text line says, uh, reminder, Matt, we'd love to hear your specifics about your diet slash exercise routine. Hashtag asking for a friend. Okay, I could spend way too much time kind of going over it. Let me just simplify it for you, okay? Uh, I made the comment yesterday. You know, I'd lost weight. Um, I'm a hair over 30 pounds that I've dropped since the beginning of February. And I did make the comment, you know, I'd done that before. I've done it again. I just kind of figured out how to do it. Somebody said, I want to know. This is me telling you briefly, because like I said yesterday, a lot of us, when we lose weight or accomplish something like that, we don't realize that we talk about it way too much and that nobody really cares. It's like CrossFit. I said yesterday, the rumor going around is that one of the requirements of CrossFit is that you tell everyone that you do CrossFit. You know, it's like one of the requirements of losing weight is that you tell everybody you're losing weight. You know, I don't want to be that way. But since you're asking, here's the basics of it. I believe this with all my heart. Now, part of it is hereditary. You know, I got good genes, okay? And as somebody who trained athletically in all my young adult life, I'm not young anymore. As I've gotten older, 30s and 40s, I've had a few times where when I, I kick into dieting and exercise, I can get my body in shape really quickly. And not everybody can do that. That's just the truth, okay? It's not bragging. I'm just kind of saying the way it is. But um, I believe wholeheartedly in, in the very basic math, above everything else, the very basic math, Reservoir Dog, of if you burn more calories than you take in, you will lose weight. You go, well, what kind of calories? Fat calories, this calorie, that calorie, carbs and protein. Hold on. You can get into all of that you want to as long as you remember this. If you take in more calories than you burn up, you will gain weight. The math is super simple. Now, there's lots of different ways to do it. I used to not use an app. This time, I use an app. Uh, it's called the Lose It app. But what it, it's basically a calculator, okay? And it has the ability then, or certain foods or certain packages, instead of me doing the math in my head or keeping up with it, I just scan the barcode and it enters it into my daily log. But I'm counting calories, number one. Now, number two, you do have to be healthy. I mean, all your calories can't be one thing. I've learned over the years kind of how to eat right. I eat country-pleasing sauces at breakfast every day. I just don't eat a ton of it. Um, and then the rest of the day, I'm not eating fried food. I'm, I have not touched a single solitary fried anything since the beginning of February. I don't eat fried food. Um, you know, any fruit and vegetable I can get my hand on, I eat it. If, it's a, if it fits in the calorie deal, because it's just good for you. I can handle it all I want. So I'm not going to get into the specifics of the eating. Just know that for me, what works is every day, a bare minimum of one hour of getting my heart rate up for a solid hour. Bare minimum. 
I actually do more than that. I do lift a little bit. I do it at my house. And then something, you know, bike, walking, something that gets my heart rate up for a minimum of one hour. Minimum. That, along with counting calories on a plan for X amount of pounds I'm going to lose each week based on calorie intake, and staying under it, staying disciplined. I have no cheat days. People go, well, you need cheat days. No, you don't. Not if you do it right. Uh, to me, there's no such thing if you're, you're either going to do it or you're not. And so that's kind of how it's worked for me. Calories. I make sure I burn more than I take in. You know, and I don't go overboard with it. A little bit here. I'm not trying to lose 10 pounds in a week. I'm trying to lose two in a week. And over months and months, if I don't cheat and I don't backtrack or backslide, I lose the weight. And you will too. Anybody disagree with that? Hey, by the way, great idea. Since we had the um, fits, uh, feats of strength reference earlier from Seinfeld, Caleb, who's watching the show on Periscope, says, CrawFit, uh, CrawFit, that's a whole different competition. CrossFit equals feats of strength. Exactly. And I knew it would happen. As soon as I went into the weight loss and get in shape deal, somebody texted the text line and says, you're kind of sounding like a CrossFit guy. All right, dad gummit. You got me. Back to baseball. Just like Frank Costanza said, y'all be nice to the Yankees. Major League Baseball owners have okayed a plan to start the coronavirus delayed season in July. What do you think? Major League Baseball owners gave the go-ahead to making a proposal to the Players Union that could lead to the season starting around the 4th of July weekend in ballparks. Here's the kicker. Without fans. Yep. A plan that envisioned expanding the designated hitter to the National League for 2020 as well. So, this plan, Major League owners, handed over to the Players Union, hey, we will start the season on the July 4th weekend. It will be without fans. And oh, by the way, We'll have a designated hitter in the National League, too. Part of this, though, though spring training could start in early to mid-June, one month from now. These are all, according to reports, from people that are close to the situation. Major League Baseball officials slated to make a presentation to the union today. They will present what we just said today. Now, they have to have an agreement with the Players Association in order for it to pass. And what people are saying is that those that are familiar with Major League Baseball dealings between the league and the owners and the, the Players Union is that the talks are probably going to be difficult at times. And yes, probably the worst thing that could happen for Major League Baseball is it leaked out that one of the things they have to discuss is a proposal for a revenue split. That would be 
not par for the course. That would be unusual. They haven't done that before. It'd be unprecedented. A, a down the middle revenue split, players, owners, shortened season because of coronavirus. They have to agree to that. Different start date. They got to agree to that. Revenue split down the middle. Both sides have to agree to that. Have one month of spring training, then start play July 4th weekend without fans. Both sides have to agree to that. Now, you can see why they would say that maybe the talks might be difficult. But they've got to do it. See, and and leaks. Here's the thing about it. Let me just, you tell me as a sports fan, what if you wake up tomorrow, okay, as a sports fan, and you hear this. The Major League Baseball Players Union uh, did not agree to the proposal of the owners to start the season in July without fans. And part of the reason is they can't agree on this revenue split. Can you imagine the reaction if that happens and it gets out? See, I mean, just the leaking of what is in the proposal is a bad thing because it potentially sets up bad stuff. Now, if this afternoon, tomorrow, they go, doggone, they've agreed on it, and they're splitting it, and they will begin an abbreviated spring training, and they're going to play Major League Baseball games on your television July the 4th weekend. There won't be fans at the stadium, but you will be watching on TV. It will be a huge win, I think, for baseball, barring something unforeseen. The question is, will they do it? I can't wait to find out. What about Dak's contract? Here's the latest coming up next on the show. Stick around. Back on the show, just getting started with you here on this Tuesday. Hey to everybody who is tuning in and however you're listening, wherever you're listening. Some of you watching the live stream on Facebook or Periscope. Hey to y'all. Linda, watching in Tupelo. Thanks for commenting. How about this? Beaver, you're a music guy. Um, the Seinfeld theme song. Uh, Danny commented on Facebook and said people think that riff was a bass guitar but is actually done on a keyboard I mean I can buy that can't you yeah I can see that I've never thought about that before though thanks for the heads up Danny your comment on the Facebook live stream facebook.com slash radio Wyatt if y'all want to watch that there's also a movie. Did you ever see Forgetting Sarah Marshall? No. Um, yeah, there's the main character in there who's played by Jason Siegel. Uh-huh. He was in. He was one of the stars of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, if you might remember him that way. But he, he wrote scores for movies, but he would write the scores for like these terrible dramas where the movie is all just super dark and ominous. Right. And... They were playing back this super dark scene, and he was he was all sad and depressed because his girlfriend just broke up with him. So instead of playing the sad and dark music, 
he played a very Seinfeld-esque riff. Oh, really? And he played it all on the keyboard. So, yeah, I could absolutely see that. So that makes total sense. That's great. That is great. Um, it's funny, the stories. And then, like, a, a show becomes iconic, and then years later, we become as much interested in the backstory of the show as we do the actual show itself. Yeah. That's uh, kind of what's happened with Seinfeld, for sure. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, if y'all want to comment, question, opinion, lots of different ways to be a part of the show, and call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. It's 995-1059. That's the call line. I love to hear your voice. 601 number 995-1059. The text line is 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Anthony from Tupelo, I think this is about the weight loss thing. He said, well, let me tell you from my experience. If you've stopped eating fried food, don't try and slip some in for a craving. He said, I stopped eating fried food about 20 years ago. And now if I slip up and eat anything fried other than French fries, it makes me sick. Isn't that interesting? It's almost like, you know, your your body thinks, okay, well, you haven't had it. Therefore, it's bad for you. Therefore, you know, I don't want it anymore. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Lots of Seinfeld references coming in. People love that show. And there was one here, too, on Facebook I was going to pass along to you. Norman on Facebook, Beaver, he said, Beaver, do you remember the quote-unquote bro? Is that a Seinfeld reference? Bro? Or is that Oh, some- yeah. The, uh, instead of, it was the one where Frank and Kramer were going to have a, a supportive undergarment for men, and they couldn't agree... One of them wanted bro, and one wanted man's ear. <laughs> bro, not bra, but bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And it was Frank and Kramer? That was yeah. the two characters? Oh, I bet that was great. I'd have to look that one up. It's funny how I've missed it. You know what I've been doing? Okay, the Wyatts, because of the coronavirus and the pandemic, we have had many, many more consecutive nights of sitting down at the dinner table together at the same time. My wife, me, and our daughter. Well, that's during that time, we watched the Andy Griffith show. It started because it's on one of the local channels at that time. Well, recently, I discovered that the Andy Griffith show, all of it, is on Netflix. So now we've been watching the Andy Griffith show on Netflix. Well, by doing so, you know, season after season, episode after episode concurrently, I'm seeing episodes I've never seen before, The Andy Griffith Show. I'm learning that all these reruns I've watched over the years were the most popular ones. And there's plenty of episodes. I'm 43 years old. There are plenty of episodes of The Andy Griffith Show I have never seen. Is Seinfeld on Netflix? Hulu. It's on Hulu? Okay. I bet there are a lot of people that have a Hulu subscription just for Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. There's got to be. I think... Well, you know what's funny is because, yeah, there is, because I, my Hulu account is, it's not specifically, but it's mainly because it's always sunny is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are definitely people who subscribe just for yeah. one show. Well, it's like, I think initially when I did Netflix, initially I did it because of The Office. That's yeah. the reason I got it. And now it's leaving, you know, at some point here soon, but. Anyway, there's that. Okay, as promised, uh, update on Dak's contract situation with the Cowboys. The update is that there is no firm update. (laughs) 
I, this is not a blank tease and you have no reason to be angry at me. I'm going to give you something here. And they, they that we only are closer to this middle of July deadline for them to get something permanent done else. He'll just have to play for him under the franchise tag. Oh, woe is him. It'll only be $32.5 million this next year. That ain't too bad of a consolation. Can we all agree on that? I just wanted you to hear this. Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones' son, he's in on the contract stuff, obviously. Did an interview on a Pro Football Talk podcast. I believe that's part of NBC. He said, nobody wants to sign this thing worse than we do. But he pointed out the Cowboys are worried about the long-term cap space because they don't want to get themselves in a bind where they can't put a good team around him. See if you buy it. You know, there's all sorts of analytics out there that show if your quarterback takes up too big a percentage of your of your salary cap that, uh, you know, it, it decreases your chances to win. So just trying to figure out the right fit. Uh, no one wants to sign Dak to a longer-term deal. Uh, more than Jerry and myself, we're on the record time and time again on what we think of him as a leader. Uh, he has the it factor. He's a fierce competitor. Uh, he wants to win as well, and uh, it's just got to be right for him and right for us. We'll continue to work uh, to a conclusion on that. Right for him, right for us, continue to work towards a conclusion. And then he basically said, well, look, just so everybody knows, we've offered him a lot of money. At the end of the day, I know everybody's out there. You know, uh, how have you not paid Dak? Uh, you know, at the same time, uh, Dak has to – we've tried to pay him, and he has to accept what we want to pay him. But uh, the deal's got to be right for Dak. It's got to be right for us. As you know, Mike, uh, the salary cap makes this a zero-sum game for owners. This is not something where uh, Jerry and myself are trying to save money uh, so the Cowboys can make more money for the Jones family. We're, we're just trying to do our very best working with Mike, working with Will McClay uh, to really – uh, divide up the pie in the best way possible to win a Super Bowl. To win a Super Bowl. More NFL for you. This time, a first-round draft pick quarterback. He's going to wear number one for the Miami Dolphins to a Tonga Valoa has signed on the dotted line. You know, last week or a week and a half ago, he was drafted in the first round by the Dolphins out of Alabama. They have agreed to terms. This came out yesterday. The Dolphins and Tua have agreed on his rookie contract. Here are the details. This is according to Ian Rappaport uh, yesterday. The contract is a four-year deal worth $30.28 million. And includes a fifth-year option and a signing bonus of $19.6 million. The whole thing is fully guaranteed. As soon as they got it signed, uh, Tonga Valoa sent something out that... Um, he you know, Different charity things that he was going to be involved in. He was very thankful he was going to be doing some things, setting up different charities in like Tuscaloosa, in Miami, in his hometown of Hawaii, different places like that. It's really cool. But think about this. He is a first-round draft pick. This illustrates really, really nicely, concisely, how big of a deal it is to be a high draft pick 
versus a third or a fourth round draft pick. Let me give you an example. Speaking of the Miami Dolphins, this is on Twitter from Babe Laufenberg. Here is the list of quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era who have 40 wins and 15,000 passing yards in their first four seasons. Number one, Dan Marino. Number two, Dak Prescott. That's the list. The end. Dan Marino and Dak Prescott. That's the list. And Dak Prescott just threw for 5,000 yards. And Dak Prescott's been in the league. And Dak Prescott's been the Rookie of the Year. And Dak Prescott's won a playoff game with the Cowboys. And he is their leader. Has already done it. But he was a fourth-round draft pick for various reasons. He's been playing on his rookie deal that paid him in terms of salary, outside of endorsements, chump change compared to the rest of the NFL for four years. Yet, an injured quarterback out of Alabama who's a first-rounder just got himself, before taking a snap in practice, a four-year, $30 million deal with a $19 million signing bonus, and every dime of it is guaranteed. I think what it does, it illustrates why certain players come back to college to try to give themselves a better chance of going in the first round, particularly, as opposed to just accepting it, going in the third or fourth round, and then play in the NFL for the next three, four years before you actually earn those millions of dollars that the first rounders are earning. How about that? Coming up next, a story out of Duke basketball. It might not be good for them. Stick around. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance, your local agents, your hometown heroes across the state of Mississippi. Hey to everybody watching the stream online. And see, I got the the kind of Buffalo Bills colors uh, country pleasing sausage hat going on. Blue on the front, red hog, gray across the back. It says country pleasing across the back. I really think that might be my favorite one, my favorite country-pleasing hat that I have. I know I'm a little partial there to the lime green, but I like this one. This one fits good. You can get yourself one like this. Go see them there at the butcher shop on Highway 49 in Florence. Otherwise, just pop into your grocery store anywhere in the southeast and say, country-pleasing, please, and they'll know what you're talking about. On the country-pleasing text line, what did Three Hump Camel say? Do they speed up the Seinfeld playback on Hulu like they do for regular television? I didn't know they did that. What do you mean speed it up? I had no idea. You mean like a podcast, like we're watching it at 1.5 times the regular speed? Have you ever done that? By the way, Beaver, have you ever pulled on, uh, turned on a podcast and intentionally slowed it down? 
Nah, I can't say I have. It's hilarious. Pick any podcast, especially somebody you know. Open it up on the Apple iTunes uh, podcast app, you know, Apple podcast. And it gives you an option down in there if you click settings to either speed it up, listen to it fast, or you can slow it down and listen to it really slow. <laughs> and it sounds like everybody's drunk and it's hilarious. Huh. Yeah, you ought to try that. Norman on the country, please, in Texas, Matt, I expect the Major League Baseball proposal has at least an estimated time of fans returning in it. I, I would think it does, the proposal. At some point, fans come back, kind of just contingent upon testing and looking at other sports. Norman said, with all the revenue sharing concept and the begin with no fans and then add fans, it's complex. I think you could very well end up with a headbutting situation, nothing getting done. At the very best, several attempts before this gets done is likely. Well, yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, and it could be. And it's understandable. Right? I mean, I made the comment earlier in the show, and I'm sure you heard that, Norman. I said, you know, think about the reaction. This leak of what's in the proposal today got out yesterday. So a good 24 hours before they even get to meet with the players about what's in the proposal, including the revenue split, including now all the media reports saying, well, it's going to be a bad look if, you know, the hang-up is this revenue split, given what we're going through, because the country needs sports to come back. And I... I think that's kind of what I was touching on. In reality, it is very complex. And a lot to think through and talk through. And yeah, I think you're right. It's probably unlikely that they sit down and in one fell swoop, one meeting, they go, boom, we got it done. No, that's probably not going to happen. <clears throat> I think you're right, Norman. Good text. Mad male person said, why do the fans have to push to prop up Dak? Is it the media that don't like him? I don't think I understand the question, male person. I, I, I don't. Um, why do the fans have to push to prop up Dak? Is it the media that don't like him? You know, I, I'm I'm trying to understand it. I think I mean I don't I don't really know anybody that doesn't like him. Um, I think you have some, just like with any player. I mean, you have some fans and some media alike who, who who support the idea that he's like a top five quarterback and they should pay him, versus some who say no, they're he's not a top five quarterback. They he should just take whatever they give him. That kind of thing. Mad male person said it just seems like the media doesn't like him. Well, maybe. Some don't, you know, depending on which ones you read or listen to. Um, you know, maybe it comes across that way. Um, I, I've kind of maintained all along. I, I don't have any more information than anybody else. I'm just reading the tea leaves, and it just looks to me like, you know, one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to play happily one year under the franchise tag, like Kirk Cousins did before he went and got a huge contract, um, which – this year paid Dak $32 million or 33 or they'll get something done. He'll agree to their terms or they'll kind of come his way before July 15th. And it'll be in that 34, $35 million range, four years or five years. I know Dak wants four years. That's the reports. It'll be something like that. Four years for something or five years for something when they get it done between now and July 15th. <clears throat> that's what it looks like to me. 
Hey, uh, here's basketball. Look, this is not actually a basketball story. It just involves basketball. And I just wonder if y'all have kept up with this. Maybe it's a thing where if, you know, you're old school and you stay up late and you, you know, watch Sports Center at night, maybe you've heard about it. I'll be honest with you, until this link popped up on my Twitter feed this morning, I was not really aware of this going on with Duke basketball and Mike Krzyzewski. Particularly with Zion Williams right in the middle of it. Uh, Williamson. This is a twisted story, but it is kind of a big deal. Okay, the piece that I read from Pat Forty, I know some people don't like him, he's a good writer. And he's got sources. The headline said that Duke's Mike Shashevsky is going to be deposed in this Zion Williamson lawsuit. Well, I started reading about the details. Have y'all read this? Y'all seen the details? I started reading about it. Coming out of Duke as a number one prospect, Zion Williamson signed on with this, basically an agent, okay, marketing representative, if you know, the agent, whatever, named Gina Ford. Okay? Gina Ford. He signed on with her. Somewhere shortly thereafter, he decides or gets some advice or decides, no, I don't need to be signed on with this Gina Ford of this particular company that's a little bit more obscure I need to be signed on with this big, bad agency, CAA, Creative Artists Agency, which every big star from sports to movies to entertainment, everything, they are represented by some agent at CAA. Okay. And this lady, Gina Ford, she's had a company called Prime Sports. So he gets out of, he, he, he basically sues them to allow him to leave his contract with his agent, Prime Sports, to go and be with the big bad agency, Creative Artist Agency. Well, now they are suing him. Okay? And basically saying, you know, you use some little twist in here to say that since we aren't on some list of agents, we couldn't represent you as an NCAA athlete, you know, at that time, in, in, in that type of agreement. They are going, well, hold on a minute, Zion Williamson. In our time with you as, you know, working with you and your representative, we learned that you were receiving impermissible benefits at Duke, according to NCAA rules. Therefore, you weren't an eligible NCAA athlete. Therefore, our agreement with you is totally valid. And any if we can prove that, that you were indeed getting impermissible benefits, therefore you were indeed ineligible or should have been, therefore you were indeed bound to the contract you have with us. That's what they are suing, and that's what they are trying to prove. So they have this big team of lawyers. Gina Ford and her team with Prime Sports, or they're being, you know, represented by this big team of lawyers. Well, the article says, according to them, they are in the quote unquote discovery phase. What does that mean? 
getting testimony, doing research, piling up any evidence, tangible and via testimony, to prove that he was getting impermissible benefits while at Duke. That would show a court that by the letter of their contract, that he in fact does owe them a hundred million dollars in punitive damages for breaking their contract and going to another agent. The thing they are going to use to hook this case in their favor, at least in terms of a judge, is that he was getting impermissible benefits, therefore he wasn't and he was not an eligible NCAA athlete. It's almost like extortion. <laughs> but it's 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 like it's legal extortion because it is part of a lawsuit. Attorney Alvin Pittman said, "We are setting depositions as we speak. We can assure you that we are about to hit the road of discovery like you wouldn't believe." They are deposing Mike Shashevsky. They are accusing Zion Wilson of taking impermissible benefits. They are suing for $100 million in punitive damages for him leaving and going to CAA, another agency. And uh, it's about to get interesting. It really is. Man, and you didn't think we had college basketball news. What kinds of questions are Mike Krzyzewski, is Mike Krzyzewski going to have to answer? Where can I see the answers? <laughs> Hour two coming up. We'll talk college football. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.